and welcome to Empowering Your Destiny with Dr. Carol Ann Abbott. Join us on this week's episode about, um, well, it's a question really, are you coming to the wedding feast? <laughs> Beautiful. Well, it's so good to be with you this week. The Lord has um, given me a message for those of you that who desire to be the bride of Christ. Do you know that Jesus is passionate about his bride? The one he will spend eternity with. And he is looking for the bride who is passionately in love with him. Hear the voice of this servant. I am formally inviting you to the wedding feast of the Lamb, specifically to be the bride of Christ. Think of this as a wedding proposal, to be engaged to the Son of the Father who created you. I'm going to give you some things to think about in this next time that we have together. And while I share, I want you to ponder this proposal. Amen. You know, there's a lot of speculation on eschatology and the study of end times and when he's coming back. There's pre-trib and post-trib and mid-trib. But the one thing that we do know is that Jesus is coming back for his beautiful bride without spot and without wrinkle. There will be a wedding feast in heaven honoring Jesus and his beautiful bride. Now is the time to prepare to be perfected, to be able to stand in that heavenly glory that will be surrounded around him and the bride standing with him and sitting at that wedding feast, at that banquet table. There's a parable you're probably all familiar with, and it's the ten virgins the wedding story about the kind of like the preparation of the bride, although they say bridesmaids. Um, And it's asking the question in Matthew 25, who will be ready? Isn't that an interesting question? Who's going to be ready when he comes? So the parable of the wise and foolish virgins takes place in Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Now those who were foolish took their lamps but took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed... They all slumbered and slept. Verse 6. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give give us some of your oil for our lamps, for they're going out. But the wise ones answered, saying, No. No lest there not be enough for you and us. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy to get ready at the last minute, 
the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, open up, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Ooh, doesn't that just bring a chill across you? Mm-hmm. Ooh. So, <clears throat> verse 13 is the final sentence, and it says, Jesus tells those who he's speaking to, he says, Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So we need to be watchful. We need to be getting prepared. Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. So there were these ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom to come. Five were waiting with their lamps trimmed, and but five did not bring enough oil. They were not prepared for a, a longer wait. And when he came, they were unprepared. Now, on May 22nd, 2021, I woke up and I began getting ready to leave the place that I was staying in in Tennessee that week. We were going to head back home and we had to be out by 10 a.m. Suddenly, while I'm getting ready, and I remember the night before thinking, I should start packing and just kind of being ready you know, to leave maybe earlier. But then, because I was prepared ahead of time and doing some things the night before that I maybe wouldn't have done, all of a sudden, these flashes of memory started coming back to me from the preparation of my own wedding story, which I began to recognize was paralleling spiritual preparation. For Jesus' return. So I began writing until, and I just kept writing and writing. It was like this massive download. Um, It was just like suddenly this just came upon me. And I started writing until it became, just coming close to us not making our time to get out in time. So what I did was, um, there was a, there were some bags I brought with me. There was this black soft cloth bag. Just this miscellaneous bag that I grabbed because it was small and um, that I could put my writing books in it and then put it down by my feet. So I could get in the car, put this at my feet, and then once we got on the road on the highway, I could start writing again and just getting into that zone of what God was speaking to me about. Because it was coming with great detail, as you're going to see. So... um, I, I put this bag down by my feet. It's it's very interesting. Um, I'm going to be telling you about the bridesmaids of my wedding and how this compares to our spiritual journey. And just to give you a little um, a little end uh, note, um, I got in the car with this bag, and I'm then later on I I had moved this bag and turned it around. And all of a sudden, I noticed, this was my daughter's bag. She'd been in many weddings recently. And I noticed this black bag on the other side of it has gold letters saying, Bridesmaid. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I put all, all, God's giving me all this about the bridesmaid and the bride. And I'm putting it into the bridesmaid bag. I was like, 
God, you are sitting up there laughing and just really hitting this home like this is an important message and you're even got the right bag to put the notes in. So he makes me laugh. So so anyway, so we um we start going, I'm writing, and the the following that I'm gonna share with you is what God revealed to me as I was preparing for our wedding many years ago. So 32 years ago, I recalled having these difficulties of finding enough committed bridesmaids to be in our wedding. And I began to wonder, is Jesus having the same difficulty today? Mm-hmm. Is our Lord having trouble finding enough committed ones that want to attend the marriage supper of the Lamb? The wedding feast of all wedding feasts. The heavenly wedding feast. The supper of the Lamb. So during this message, I want you to think about the body of Christ is like these ten virgins, these ten bridesmaids. Okay? Who are preparing to be the bride for the bridegroom Jesus. Okay? So it's a little bit different, but, the, but you need to see it in this way, okay? That what I'm going to be describing about bridesmaids is the body of Christ who's preparing to be the bride for Jesus, our bridegroom, who will be returning for us. Because Jesus is looking for those who are willing to prepare for his wedding to be his bride. I don't know if... We think of these metaphors as just something poetic and we really don't identify with we are really called to be his bride, to to be with him for eternity and in that marriage covenant. So anyway, back to my story. So in preparing for my wedding, I could not find enough bridesmaids that were willing to be in my wedding that matched the number of bridegrooms or groomsmen that my husband had asked. So I, I know this sounds really pathetic, but I'm going to be honest and share with you what happened anyway. <laughs> so one of my friends uh, that was actually helping me to plan my wedding um, was planning on being in the wedding, but then she got an offer to go out of the country uh, to be, she, she was a model at the time and was going on tour in another country. And we didn't realize that these that was going to happen at the same time that we had planned the wedding for. Then another friend of mine, she said that she just couldn't afford the dress and the shoes to be in the wedding. She had had some other debts and things, and she said, "I just I can't, I can't afford to do that." Then another friend. She didn't feel comfortable wearing the bridesmaid's dress and being in the wedding ceremony. For, for personal reasons, um, even though she was a very, very close and dear friend. So this all made me think about the body of Christ. And the Lord started showing me these scriptures and flashing on these memories, you know, about our wedding preparation. And this is what came to me. Are we really making the effort to be willing and ready spiritually when Jesus returns. Are we? Are we really committed in making an effort to being ready for him? 
and having relationship with him right now as any as any uh couple getting ready to get married would you know preparing for a wedding should be exciting and romantic it's a very special time for the bride and groom as they make their plans the couple is looking forward to spending the rest of their life together just as the bride and Jesus will and the bride is always look at any wedding the bride is always preparing to be her very best amen mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. so are we taking the time spiritually to prepare are we having an intimate time with our bridegroom sharing our dreams being our best while we wait for him to come and return for us are we studying his word the letters that he's written for us ahead of time are we singing his praises are we following his examples and walking in love with one another as he commanded us to hmm so like i shared earlier my three friends chose not to be in our wedding one was out of the country working and building her career one didn't want to pay the price to be in the wedding one didn't feel comfortable fitting in is this how some of us feel with the lifestyle of christianity are we too busy with work and career and other things to make time for our bridegroom in our daily lives is it that we don't want to pay the price to walk as Jesus walked to lay things down to overcome the flesh or perhaps walking away from things and people that are not good for us or does christianity just make you feel uncomfortable do you feel that you don't want people to know that you're a christian or even give voice to christian values you know biblical values are not very popular right now what is what is your choice what is your choice like i said i didn't even have enough bridesmaids for every bridegroom do you know what happened at my wedding reception one of our groomsmen was dancing with a chair because he had no bridesmaid to dance with i'm serious tom's <laughs> friend doug actually danced with an empty folding chair out on the dance floor <laughs> it was the funniest thing it was hysterical but now here's a sobering thought on the more serious side is jesus looking all over the earth to see who is even preparing and getting ready for him when he returns to escort us to our to the wedding with him the body of Christ should be preparing to be the bride of Christ not all in the body of Christ will become the bride it will be the bride the one who loves him and spends intimate time with him She is the one that he is coming back for. In Matthew 22 verses 8 through 10, it says, "Then he said to his servants, 'The wedding 
is ready, but those who were invited are not worthy. Therefore, go to the highways and find as many as you can and invite them to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and they gathered together all of those whom they found, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Now look at that that key verse up in verse 8. The wedding is ready. So the wedding is going to be ready. But he says, but those who were invited were not worthy. Do you see the separation there? So in the body of Christ, let's assume the body of Christ, those who are following him, are invited to the wedding. But there are going to be some that are not going to be worthy. That their love for him is not going to match his love for them. There's going to be something missing. Do you see that? And then others will be invited. So there's really a separation here that I want you to see that the body of Christ is not necessarily going to end up being the bride of Christ. It will be a part of the body that will be the bride. Does that make sense? How are we doing on time so I know? Hold on just a second. I want to see how much I can share with you. We've got 13 minutes. Okay. So so servants were going out, inviting guests to the wedding feast at the direction of the master. Mm, The wedding feast. So Jesus was illustrating what will happen in his kingdom in the end of the age. That some, that, that there's going to be ones invited that are not going to be able to get into the door. And then like the five that came late, they didn't, weren't ready, didn't have the oil in the lamps. They're going to show up at the door because they weren't ready. He's going to say, I never knew you. I never had that intimacy with you. You didn't come spend time with me. I, I don't even know who you are. And the door's going to be closed. So this is how we know that there's a difference between the body and the bride. So just real quick. Jesus addressed the seven churches, which were the body of Christ and the believers at that time, in John's time when he penned it. In the book of Revelations, there were seven churches, seven letters. They were written to the body of Christ. And if we're going to look at three examples, and we're going to see these seven churches and those that the letters are written to, And the ones that they're written to are the future candidates to be his bride. Okay, so we're going to look at just a few right now and see if the whole body of Christ becomes the bride and goes. Okay, so just real quick, three three quick examples. Revelations 3.16 speaks to the church at Laodicea. And because they were lukewarm spiritually, they weren't hot, they weren't cold. Spiritually, they were neither hot nor cold. He says he will vomit them out of his mouth, rejecting them with disgust. The Lord said in this letter that he loves the church at Laodicea. But they weren't really showing the love back. Do you see that? Yeah. Jesus loves us all, but we've got to, show, we've got to give the love back to him. Okay, it says... But they were spiritually lukewarm, and their love for him was lukewarm. Ooh. 
that unless they changed their minds and repent for their lukewarmness, he was going to spew them out. So there was still an opportunity to repent. If you feel that you've been lukewarm, we can repent still and come back to him and ask Holy Spirit to give us a burning, passionate fire in our heart for him, for our bridegroom. So if he's spitting them out at the end because they've not repented, they've not changed their mind, they're still lukewarm, this does not sound like the lovely bride of Christ that is being taken to the altar in heaven and going to the wedding feast. Secondly, the Lord speaks to the church at Ephesus in Revelations 2. He tells them that he knows their deeds and their toils and the patient endurance that they, that, and that they would not tolerate those who are evil. Yet, in verse 4, he says, I have this one charge against you, just this one thing, that you have left your first love. In other words, they lost the depth of love that they had for him at first. And Jesus warns them that unless they repent and go back and do the first works, those first works of love, he will visit them, but he's going to remove their lampstand. Mm -hmm. So in other words, he would remove the church and its impact in that region, in that place. Mm. Mm. So their light was going out, and because they had lost their passionate love for Jesus, their Redeemer, they lost that intimacy and love that they first had for Jesus, that they no longer possessed it. So in this letter, he's speaking to the body of Christ, but unless they repent and renew their love, their passion and intimacy for him, this will not be the bride that will be joining him. Do you agree? Can you see that? Yeah. Okay, let's look at Revelation chapter 3 again. But this time we're going to look at the Lord's word speaking to the church at Philadelphia. In verse 10, it says, Because you have kept my word of endurance, keeping Jesus' word, keeping his commands is what they did. He says, I will keep you safe from the hour of the trial that, you, that is about to come upon the whole world. Okay, so to these believers at Philadelphia, because they kept his word and his commands, he would spare them from the tribulation. Because the tribulation is when the wedding supper is going to be happening. The wedding feast will be happening at the time of the tribulation on the earth or in that time frame. This sounds like the bride of Christ who will be joining him at the end. These ones that kept his word or and the ones that repented and came back to their first love. Amen. Or the ones that repented and became passionate and had zeal for Jesus and were no longer lukewarm. Do you see these important ingredients, these characteristics that we're going to find in the bride that may not necessarily be in the body of Christ? You know, Jesus paid, this is where at? Jesus paid a, okay, Jesus paid a great price with his suffering, the scourging he took, the betrayals, to go to the cross and to pay the price for our forgiveness, our healing, our salvation, 
in order to show up at his wedding as a bridegroom. What? To be to be left at his reception dancing with a chair because the bride of Christ was too busy to even bother getting ready for the wedding? Think about that. The price that Jesus paid with his life was left on the cross. We need to go to the cross. We need to meet him there. If Jesus is left at his wedding, at his own wedding reception with an empty chair, then his death and his suffering for you and me will all be in vain. Worth nothing. Is that what you think about what Jesus did for you? Is that how you feel about the blood that he shed for you? Mm. Let's talk about bridal shoes for a moment. Another (laughs) interesting thing happened at my wedding as we were preparing. Um, So, you know, it's a typical thing. You get the dresses and then you get the white satin shoes and you dye the shoes to match the dresses. Guess what? The shoes kind of shrank. And the girls didn't tell me that till the wedding morning, which I didn't was not excited to get this news that they went out and bought tennis shoes and had little green lace to put on the shoes. They they said they kept the shoes on for the ceremony for photos. After that, they took off the bridal shoes because they weren't comfortable. <laughs> and they wore tennis <coughs> shoes the rest of the reception and uh, you know the rest of the festivities. Well, Part of our preparation for our betrothal to the bridegroom is walking in his word and walking in his ways that may not always be comfortable. We must put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace and to walk out our call and our destiny in those shoes. You know, the shoes of the preparation of peace are mentioned in Ephesians 6 as part of the armor of God that we put on to help us stand against the wiles of the devil. Our wedding shoes are symbolic of our preparation and training that we have been, that has been given to us to walk in peace and fulfill our assignments at hand. We are to walk out our life's passions and convictions and beliefs according to the word of God while walking in love and faith as Jesus did. Are you about getting ready to accept that proposal to your betrothed Jesus and to follow the Lamb wherever he goes and walk as he walked? You know, there's another thing. Let's talk about the qualifications of the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5 speaks about his marriage to the church. And it talks about that he might present her to himself as a glorious church without having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be without blemish. One moment. Oh, boy. Okay. Interesting thing. At my wedding reception, drank some punch, spot right on the wedding dress. When I read this scripture later on, it reminded me, identified with as that bride with the spot and with the wrinkles. We need to let Jesus press out our wrinkles to cleanse us with the washing of his word and cleanse us from those spots and stains. We need to get ready. We need to be prepared to be that beautiful bride of Christ. Are you ready to answer that call? Are you ready to say yes to the betrothal, to the proposal, and get ready for that wedding feast? 
If so, it's time to enter into the bridal dressing room and put on the new garments. Begin to let God take you through that perfecting process. In Romans 8:28, we know that all things work together for good for those who are called according to for those who God loves and called according to his purposes. So I want to challenge you today. I want to pray for you. Lord God, give them a new zeal, a fresh passion in their heart to be the bride of Christ. Lord God, we ask you to cleanse them, to wash them, to prepare them. Meet them in the night season. Give them dreams, Lord God. Awaken them. Awaken them, O God, to be that beautiful bride that you so desperately long for, to have companionship and that eternal companionship in heaven with you after the marriage supper of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord. We just seal this up in the name of Jesus. Amen. We look forward to being with you next week. We love you. And we just pray blessings and, the, and get into the Word of God this week and begin to be faithful and walk out the, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> you didn't close me out of a minute.